Come home to ultra-fast broadband and Sky's best ever Wi-Fi for our lowest ever price from just €30 Euro a month. So you can now play games, stream music and download movies at ultra-fast speeds for less than ever before. To switch from just €30 Euro a month for 12 months, search Sky 30. Availability subject to location, set up these terms and conditions apply. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Disney vs. Disney Debates, the podcast where we are trying to figure out what is the best Disney film ever made. I'm your host and grandmaster, Zane C. Weber, here with two debaters to figure out which is the better Disney film, Cinderella or the three Caballeros. Caballeros. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> early, early, early science point to Caballeros. Defending Cinderella is none other than Naomi Mole. Yay! Hello. Of course, on the right side. Obviously. Yes, side. on the right side, yes. of course. Uh, and defending the three Caballeros <laughs> is Sam Webb. Hi, hi, hi. Now, what are what's your relationship to Disney and specifically Cinderella, Naomi? My relationship to Disney, oh, I've been a Disney head ever since I can remember. I've run my own Disney fan site for several years now. I just love it. And Cinderella, I mean, she's the one everybody thinks of. She's She's, the one. She's the iconic. She is the Disney princess. You can't get away from that. And what about you, Sam? What is your relationship with the birds? Uh, Look, um, well, I grew up on Disney, like a lot of kids. Mm. Um, My nan, every time a new Disney film came out, be it like – Big release or smaller one, she'd buy it, have it on DVD, and there was literally a drawer full of these movies, and I'd just spend hours sitting there going through them. And when I was very, very young, uh, The Three Caballeros was on TV, and you'd just sit there and watch it, and you'd fall asleep with like 25 minutes left. It was the good old days. I'd have some popcorn. It was chill. It was good. (laughs) All right. So we are going to debate these two movies to figure out which is the best Disney film. Now, round one, three minutes to state why your film is the better film. You will get a warning at two minutes. It will sound like... And then you'll be cut off at three by something that sounds like this. The jig is up, you jaded jug-headed jack-in-the-box! After you both go, we will proceed to round two, where you will have two minutes to say why your opponent's film is not the best Disney film ever made. And you won't get a warning, you'll just get cut off at two minutes. We'll then take a short break and come back with an open discussion and question round where we'll just talk about some of the things you've brought up and what they might mean in the broader sense. And then finally, after another little break, we'll come back with one minute summation of your arguments and I'll do some math and tell you which is the better film because that's how film criticism is done. With math, math. math. Mathematics. Math. Really? So I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> well, so your high school teachers should tell you this, you know. Yeah, what are you going to use this for? You're going to use it for film criticism. Yep. Yep. This. Exclusively. Like, <laughs> otherwise, get Protect it out of your, your brain. your childhood dreams and icons through math. Yeah. Why didn't they teach us that? Now, there are five criteria that I'll be looking for. I'll be looking for the memorable moments. What about your film makes it memorable? And what do you carry forward into the future with you? What is the message that your film gives to audiences and is it a good one? The movie magic, what about the actual filmmaking makes it a better film? Uh, The magic music, what about the music adds to your film? And the final immaterial, I'm going to say 
never quite sure what it is. The catch-all topic is that Disney touch. What did your film do, did Disney do with your film that no one else could have or would have? Now, we rolled a dice to see who would go first. Naomi won and decided to go first. Yes. So, we will start with your three-minute opening statement when you start talking good luck, Naomi. Thank you. Okay, Cinderella, Disney's most iconic, most famous, most well-loved movie character of all time. Uh, There was originally released on February 15th, 1950, which marked the silver age of Disney movies. There was originally two versions of the story, a grim one which involved pecking eyeballs out by birds and cutting off toes. Luckily, Disney didn't go with that. They went with the Charles Perrault version uh, from 1698, which involved the glass slipper, the fairy godmother and the pumpkin. It was animated by Mark Davis and Eric Larson and it was originally fully shot in live action, of course, as Disney's signature uh, cartooning style so they can make sure it was as realistic as possible. There was originally 400 uh, contestants that were auditioned for the voice of Cinderella, but uh, in a little bit of nepotism, a friend of the composers, Mark David and Terry Livingston, Irene Woods, did them a favour recording some demo songs and Walt heard it, knew she was the one. Uh, at that time, the company was $4 million in debt, so without Cinderella, unfortunately, the company would have gone into bankruptcy and that would have been the end of Disney as we know it. Um, this was due to flops like Pinocchio, Fantasia and Bambi, um, and they had lost access to their lucrative overseas market due to World War II. Uh, the first version was actually created and released on the 30th of January 1940, but it was actually a slightly different story and involved a dog, cat, mouse, and also a turtle to help Uh, Cinderella, whose name was Clarissa. Um, Disney hadn't had a narrative story like this in over eight years and the movie was so popular it was really released six times. Um, There were several spin-off stories which we've all come to know and love, including the recent live-action movie in 2015 with Lily James. It's one of the most beautiful, loved stories of all time, so much so that Cinderella has been immortalised in the castle at the Disney World Uh, park and other ones throughout the world. Uh, There's credits in the Disney movie openings, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, um, where you can go and make your royal makeover dreams a reality. She has her own parades, events um, in nearly every Disney park, and you can even get married in Disney a la Cinderella style. Um, It was the biggest hit um, that Disney had had in 13 years since the original Princess Snow White. Excuse me. Um, Some of the most iconic moments of the movie have to be the music moments, the ones that we've all come to know and love. Uh, The music was written um, by several gentlemen, Al Hoffman, Mark David and Jerry Livingston, who went on also to do music for Alice in Wonderland. Um, They were part of the Tin Pan Alley group um, and had become famous by writing a song actually for Perry Como called Chibaba Chibaba. Um, The... Stars of the movie um, included some incredible, amazing. Oh, the jig is up, you jaded jughead. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I'll have more to come on with later. I'm sure you will. But until <laughs> then, we're going to pass over to Sam. Sam, you'll have three minutes with a warning at two, mm-hmm. and your time starts when you start talking. Okay, so the Three Caballeros, beautiful film. It, it essentially, I have three main points that I want to get across here. All right. It's trying to inform people who watch it about the rich yet over 
often overlooked South American cultures, which generally speaking at the time, the world didn't know about. They didn't have the internet. They didn't just know things through picking them up just on TV or in other media. They didn't have that. This movie was very, very important because it shows Brazil and the town of Bahia and dancing and all of this rich culture that otherwise people don't really think about unless they're from there or they've been there. It opened the world's eyes to something they hadn't seen before. Uh, another thing is it's, it's just gorgeous. It's a gorgeous film. It's, uh, the design of it is cohesive and it blends together and the music goes into the design and the actual animation style itself and it comes together in such a way that's just smart and quirky and sometimes just downright bonkers. Um, then, honestly, the biggest thing for me about this whole film is it's just good fun. It's kind of nuts. It's a little bit dumb, but it's showing something that's so important. It's uh, paving the way, essentially, for acceptance. And you don't see Donald sort of like, oh, who's this weird Brazilian bird? Like, that isn't really thrown in there. It's just, okay, cool. Here's a dude that just popped out of a giant box and now has a, a magical photo album to show me about uh, strange lands I've never heard of. And uh, like I said, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, it's fun. And the biggest point about this film, I think, is acceptance and showing that even if you're from a different country or even if you're from some strange uh, polar landscape where you just want to get hot, like uh, our friend Pablo the Penguin, it doesn't matter. Because uh, Donald Duck's going to be there. And if Donald Duck can accept you, then surely uh, you as some strange <laughs> American child can accept uh, uh, Panchitos Pistoles and Jose Carioca and uh, sweet little donkey with uh, wings whose name I cannot for the life of me remember right now. But I remember very distinctly watching this film and enjoying it. And I think that's probably where my love for that sort of uh, style of music, mariachi, comes from. And I can relate that directly to this film and yes as I said earlier a little bit bonkers at times it's beautiful it's good and you should definitely watch it if you haven't highly overrated underrated <laughs> uh, shit <laughs> well with two seconds to spare despite the slip up uh, well done. Okay, so now we will proceed straight on to round two uh, where we will have two-minute rebuttals where you get to share why your opponent's film is not the best Disney film ever made. Uh, keeping it civil. Oh. Yeah, just a little bit civil. Uh, <laughs> and we will start with Naomi. Your time starts when you start talking. All right. Uh, unfortunately, I have to completely disagree with everything has just been said. I think it's one of the most ridiculous movies that Disney ever made, and I am the biggest Disney fan on earth. Um, the first thing is that it's not really anything other than a huge propaganda movie, and it was actually written, um, and you know, it was all put together actually to get Walt out of the way. This was back during the strikes in the Disney animators and, you know, it was underpayment and there was um, feminism issues going on and things like that and Walt was notorious for having a huge temper um, and they sent him off to do this to get him out of the way. Um, so this was Roy's way of trying to settle things and Walt merely got a telegram whilst he was on his travels preparing this that said, He'd come to an agreement with them and Walt was furious. Uh, and also the second half of this film is the biggest sexualization of women on the planet. Uh, 
if you've watched this movie, the second half of it is actually just the characters um, romancing all these random women. Um, I don't understand why it happened that way. They, they just kind of get thrown in here and there. Um, luckily, Daisy was not on the trip. I can't imagine that she would have been too impressed um, with what these boys were getting up to on their unchaperoned boys' night out adventure. Um, but it certainly doesn't uh, show much in relation to, you know, the uh, the opinion of women, especially by these three uh, gallivanting young men, um, and you know their their perspective on uh, monogamy. All right, no problem with time to spare. Excellent, Sam. <laughs> Sam has a grin on his face, which leads me to believe that he has something to say about Cinderella. Your time starts when you start talking. Okay, so Cinderella is literally a film about women keeping other women down because they resent them, essentially. So you have Cinderella, who's this beautiful, intelligent, smart, well-read woman. Uh, Her dad dies, which removes the last barrier from keeping her evil stepmother from essentially treating her like shit uh, and making her clean out the fireplace and do all the stuff that they don't want to do and... So, and who knows what other stuff was going on behind the scenes there. Like, uh, I'm sure that she was some sort of baker extraordinaire by the end of it. I don't know. Um, Cinderella then only escapes her terrible life by uh, chance, really. Some fairy godmother comes along, strolls into her life and says, Yo, how you doing? Guess what? Tonight, you got till midnight. Go have fun. I mean, everything else is probably going to be the worst forever, but tonight... Tonight you got it. Um, And she does that. And then, of course, the ball, everything, lovely, beautiful music, uh, gets back home and essentially just resumes her life. Like, she gets one night. It just so happens that a real creepy, real handsome prince man happens to find her shoe and then uses all of his kingdom's resources and time and energy to literally try a shoe on every woman's foot in the surrounding area. So I got a couple things there. A, dude, that's real fucking creepy and uh, weird way to enable your own foot fetish, not kink shaming here, but like, come on, dude, you can just just consent as a whole thing. Um, also, it, it's just a huge waste of resources. Like here he is with, I, I can't remember how many people he has in tow. My mind goes back to like a column of armed men. Jig is up, you jaded, jug-headed jack-in-the-box. As much as I'd like to continue yeah. along that track of uh, kink shaming, uh, <laughs> what we'll do Yikes. is we'll take a little break and we'll come back with a round three uh, with an open discussion and questions. Okay, so now it is time for round three where we have an open discussion and some questions from me, the most important person at the table. So both of you have brought up romance in the other person's film, not so much in your film. Specifically, Sam, you spoke about uh, the rather creepy behaviour of the prince and how he goes about finding Cinderella. And then, Naomi, you also said the rather creepy and sexualized way that the uh, three caballeros uh, treat women in the second half of their film. So, starting with Naomi, 
I'd like you to just expound upon a little bit of a comparison about why perhaps Cinderella is less problematic than the three caballeros, and then I'll give Sam a chance to uh, do the inverse. Okay, no worries. Well, firstly, romance isn't the whole focus of Cinderella. I think a lot of people get caught up in the concept of what Cinderella is, but they are not paying attention to the words and what's actually going on in the story. It's not about romance, although there it does have this romantic element and it's not about, you know, a damsel getting rescued by the handsome prince, um, this anti-feminist concept that, you know, we rely on the, you know, the a pretty face to win the, win the rich man and she's romancing him to, you know, get a better life or anything like that. What's happened is she's had a hard life. She's a victim of physical and emotional abuse and she's had, you know, through hard work, perseverance and through being true and being a kind person, she's been given this second chance to go and do something, to have some freedom. Her point in going to the, to the ball is not to go and win herself a husband or to get romance. It's purely to have that moment of control and to enjoy life for a few moments. The prince has almost no lines whatsoever. So really, that's what I mean. Romance is not a big part of this film. Um, but the romantic element in it is that she doesn't even know he's the prince. She meets this lovely young man, spends a bit of time with him and then runs away. And yes, he does go looking after a, you know, a, a girl with a shoe. And, you know, we, we infer from what's going on in the story. It's because, you know, the, the fairy godmother has bewitched it in some capacity. He can't recognise her. Um, but, you know, with the shoe, she, he can. And, yes, it, you know, Sam unfortunately got a little bit caught up on the shoe fetish thing. Um, <laughs> That's but, really? I'll cop but, that. But you've got to remember, I mean, I think it says a bit more about him than it does about the movie. But what we have to remember is Cinderella <laughs> kept the other shoe. That's her consent. She brought it out. When the shoe gets, you know, the, when we get to the end, Cinderella is the one who produces that shoe. And, you know, the, there's this moment of, you know, I cared about it. It was my link to that moment of freedom and mm -hmm. my relationship to you. So it wasn't creepy. It was just someone purely looking for someone that they loved. And he didn't care. He didn't say go just to the, you know, the wealthy women. He said go to every maid in the kingdom. So it was a pure you know, pure love, pure romantic. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. He didn't care what level of girl she was. He didn't he had no concept or preconceived notions of where he'd find her. He just knew that she was beautiful, pure, and the one he wanted to spend the rest of his life with. Now Sam, beauty, oh. purity, through caballeros, discuss. Look. They're not in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did ask Sam. <laughs> I, I'd just like to say really quickly, the main point there is that the prince isn't a classist, which is good. That's uh, otherwise still a bit of a creepy dude. Um, but yeah, the three caballeros, um, I, 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 can't, uh, I can't stand here and say that they aren't creepy guys. And I can't stand here and say that the prince isn't a creepy guy. Fact is, these films came out in the 1950s and 40s and 60s around there when socially we just weren't where we are today. And I think to stand here and or sit here because these lovely chairs. Um, <laughs> yes, I here. do provide the debaters with chairs. Yes, um. Um, normally we just crouch. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, to stand here and try and defend any of their actions, uh, to say that somebody using their privilege and their power to go out and essentially harass women in their houses and be like, try this fucking shoe on, uh, is not exactly great. And then also to have the three caballeros riding around on a magical serape trying to shoot at women and like, uh, yeah, that's also very creepy. 
Are there any good examples of romance or male female relations in the three caballeros? I think uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think uh, towards the beginning of the film, when they're in the town of Bahia, there's this beautiful little scene where you have um, this woman, I believe her name's Yaya. She's going through the town. She's selling cookies. And she ends up dancing and singing with all the men in the town and she's singing and all the guys are dancing and like hoping that she's going to come over to them. They're not like chasing after her being weird. That's Donald Duck, the American duck who's out there completely out of his element being a very creepy little uh, uh, fowl. Um, Which is why we're glad that Daisy wasn't there and it didn't become a whole thing. Exactly. Look, she she wouldn't have had that. That's a very, very strong woman slash water bird. Uh, It was before social media, before she could track what he was doing. Exactly. That's before uh, (laughs) Snap Maps where uh, I was like, oh, okay, he's in Bahia. All righty. Well, guess what? Bahia is about to blow, blow up. All right. Well, the other question I had was to do with the actual making of your films. Cinderella, of course, you, you said instigates the Silver Age of of Disney, um, and and had something to do with the saving of the of the uh, of the company. Uh, and then the actual the way that the Three Caballeros is scripted and made is quite a departure for from the Disney formula. So I'd like you both just to. Take a moment and uh, explain to me why this, uh, why your film is better in a filmic sense than your opponent's. All right. Well, Cinderella basically was taking everything that they had learnt from Snow White and taking it to that next level. You know, they'd mastered the, they had, you know, given themselves the confidence that, yes, they could get an audience to relate to a 2D character they could make them care. I mean, Cary Grant was well known at the time he went and saw um, Snow White. He actually came out of the cinema crying. Um, so they knew that they could succeed in that. So this was then taking it to the next level. So the focus for Cinderella was focusing on um, the realism of their features and behaviours, um, looking at how to include the music. And the music in this is just Iconic. Everybody knows Bibbidi Bobby Boo. Um, it was nominated for um, an Academy Award. As you know, um, Cinderella was nominated for three, um, actually, all in the sound department purely because of the steps they'd made there. One um, very iconic um, piece, which you know, we um, all of our um, pop stars and that of today can directly attribute this to Cinderella, so they can thank her. Um, was the concept of recording your voice multiple times and layering it on top of each other. So when Cinderella is actually singing the nightingale, sing sweet nightingale, um, there's this moment where there's bubbles floating up and it's beautiful and it just shows her scrubbing and working away while she's singing to herself. It's actually her voice recorded multiple times in harmony. Um, so she actually recorded the original version, then she recorded again over the top in second part and then third part harmony. Um, and Walt was um, made a, a bit of a comment about how, you know, why did I have to pay the, the Andrews sisters three wages when I could have paid you just one? Mm. Um, and all this, you know, the, the double and recordings of that single-handedly saved the company. It did. It did. This, <laughs> this concept of, well, but firstly, he was quite frugal. Everybody knows this. He liked to spend his money, but, you know, if he could, you know, make, you know, save a bit of money here and there, he would. Um, and this is what Cinderella did. It broke some ground in regards, regards to sound. You know, they, they knew they were good animators. It was that next step of making the sound beautiful, you know, integrating the songs into the storyline and making people care about the music as much as they cared about the, the characters. Okay. And Sam, what about the Three Caballeros 
is makes it a better film? I think uh, visually uh, it's just more interesting. You have all of the music and the actual animation within the scene tying together. Uh, there's a scene where they're on their way to Bahia and they're on the train and all the train splits into completely different sections because some strange bird has got some chalk and he's created different tracks and it goes shooting off into a hundred different directions. And the music has like this uh, whistle going in it constantly. And then that syncs up with the train's whistle. Mm-hmm. And it's very inventive and it's very intelligent. And it's something that I don't think anyone else had really thought of doing where you have everything flowing together, where what's going on in the scene and what's happening with the music and the storyline all... I don't know exactly what the word would be, but it melds and it meshes together in this beautiful scene. And then there's this, uh, I believe what I called one of my favorite scenes. uh, It's a capoeira cockfight, which Mm -hmm. is right after the scene in Bahia where they're all dancing and singing. And essentially you have two men who are dancing slash fighting like capoeira. If you don't know, it's a type of Brazilian martial art style dance essentially uh that's not a very good description of it my apologies but they're doing that and they're dancing along and they've got the live act these are live action men Mm -hmm. um and they've got lights going that's being filmed like them as people and then also in the background animated lights going and donald and jose are dancing along with the music as well and it meshes everything together it's got live action it's got practical lighting it's got animated lighting animated characters Um, a whole score going on with it as well and it's all synced together and at moments you look around a look uh sorry the focus shifts from the two guys dancing slash fighting to donald and jose and their shadows are projected onto like the back of the wall and suddenly they're two chickens and then it melds back into them being men and then back into chickens and them fighting and i don't think i've seen that in any other film from the time and i think like that was just groundbreaking and interesting and it happened in this little old movie that not that many people really know about like the three caballeros like well i came in here i think three different people said caballeros and that's fine but we don't really know much about it um and unless you actually see the film you don't really know how to say some of these words and i think that's really important and that's part of why this film is so important. Okay. Excellent. Well, let's take another short break and then we will come back with the final statements. All right. It is time for the final statement. So Of course, we will go to Naomi first. You'll have one minute to tell me why Cinderella is the best Disney film ever made and why The Three Caballeros is not. And you'll be cut off at the end with no warning. Your time starts when you start talking. Okay. All right. Cinderella, it's hands down the best movie simply because it was Walt's favourite. We can't argue with the man himself. That's like arguing with Mickey Mouse, who, by the way, one of the voices of Mickey Mouse is actually in Cinderella. He, he does the voice of um, Jacques and, and um, Bruno and some of the other characters. So you can't a- argue with the mouse himself. Um, he loved 
Um, Cinderella so much he told Eileen Woods who did the voice of Cinderella that he loved the rags to riches concept and the most magical moment for him in his entire career his entire career was the transformation from Cinderella in her ball gown that was his favorite animated scene of all time Um, the concept of that even miracles take a little time the movie it tells us that no matter what we can just if we keep persevering, if we stick on with it and stay true and kind to each other, that we will get through it, which was a message then during a post-war era and especially now to us today. And unfortunately, the Caballeros, they just, they don't tell us anything. It's just boys partying. You jaded, jug-headed jack-in-the-box. It's just boys partying. What some parting words they are. Parting shots. Uh. Sam, you'll now have one minute. With no warning, you'll just be caught off at the end to tell us why The Three Caballeros is the best Disney film ever made and why Cinderella is not. And your time starts when you start talking. Look, this film, uh, both of our films have their problems. But at the end of the day, I think that culturally, The Three Caballeros is more important. It, uh, it showcased a culture, as I said, that hasn't really been, even to this day, seen in film and tv more and more so the brazilian culture and mexican culture is very big as well especially in our city uh that being undisclosed but (laughs) i think that uh again it's just a beautiful film i think they did away with trying to set this big scene and trying to create this huge world and just instead had some fun and created an incredibly visually engaging and musically outstanding film uh cinderella on the other hand i just i don't know what to say it's uh it's a good film it's a film we've all seen it's a film we've all enjoyed the jig is up you jig damn it no strange point to end on yes can you tell us how wonderful cinderella is i win i win i win i win All right. Okay. So that, that was that was a <laughs> rough. that was a hot shot right at my own gave, face. I gave you two extra seconds to kind of bring him around. And <sighs> unfortunately, that boomerang sure does come back, huh? Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I really okay. appreciate it. So, You're welcome. I'm going to take some time out to do my math. So please spend this time telling each other what you enjoyed about the other person's film. Well, I must admit, I am a bit of a fan of. South American and Latino style music. So I do love the the music. I have to sit there during it and kind of, you know, have the shoulder shimmy thing and that going on. Um, I wish I knew what all the words technically <laughs> should be in Spanish. I don't speak at all Portuguese, um, but uh, I, I do love the love the music. It's a bop, and, yeah. And you know, I, I wish I could get to dance with cartoon characters like they do. That's not fair. The fact that that doesn't happen in real life, just as the same as, you know, the animals in Snow White not cleaning my house. Um, is something I lament over. The fact that I don't get to dance with cartoon characters in real life is very disappointing to me. Look, I agree. Um, Cinderella is a stunning film and you have represented it very, very well, might I say. I feel truly outclassed here. Oh, no, Um, no. (laughs) And you're right. It it paved the way for what we have today, which is incredible. And especially what, it came out in 1950? Yeah. for something so many years ago to get it so right and to last so long and for it to still be enjoyed and remade in, what, 2015, um, yeah, it goes to show just how important and culturally significant uh, the film is. So, yeah. Well, Walt had it right on both counts, obviously, both Cinderella and the three partying caballeros. Mm. <laughs> this is true. Beautiful boys. 
Now I've done my math. I have a decision. Let's start from the top. Memorable moments. Mm. The moments that you remember from your film. This one goes to three caballeros. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of, of the arguments about that you were trying to sell is like bringing up these great moments in the film and just the, the fun that they were having, mm. the dancing, the music, the cultural relevance. You just really, a lot of that ended up with you having a lot of points in uh, memorable moments. And Naomi, by no means did you underrepresent the memorable moments in in Cinderella. I just think that, Sam, you really, really hammered home all the fun points that you really enjoyed during this film. And I think that's something that comes from um, having that childhood nostalgia mm, for, for a text. Uh, when it comes to the message, lots of points both for and against in both columns in this one. <laughs> uh, like, like, like you said, d- different times. Uh, and so these movies have, we have to take that into account. We can't deny it, but we have to take that into account. Uh, so when it comes to like the, the promotion of like culture and international um, community that Disney was fostering with the Three Caballeros and then, went, and then also the rags to riches, the perseverance, the hard work that, that is put forward in Cinderella, this one was a tie. So, uh, when it comes to the actual movie magic, though, this one was very clearly in favour of Cinderella. Um, I think when it comes to uh, the way that this is, this is Disney showing off their formula. Like you said, they they started with Snow White and they moved on, and Cinderella was their next big. Okay, we know what we're doing. Let's set it in stone. Um, the narrative structure, um, the uh, and also the all this extra sound work that they did and the Oscars that they won, um, the also the points about the strikes and the uh, the kind of ridiculous nature of the of the film in the second act uh, or in the second half that counted against mm. the three caballeros where there was nothing against Cinderella in this in this particular category. So that one went really far to the Cinderella side. Now both music and Disney touch have gone to the same film. And that film is the winner this week. And the winner this week is Cinderella. Totally unfair. You really I will say uh I, I think the the points that clinched it for me uh were the fact that the the naming of the songs and the songs that are referenced again and again in popular culture, but again this the the idea that Walt was a problem in, in in Disney at the time and this film was getting him out of it. Also the the propaganda strike, you know, that's mm. that's a bit an issue as well. So yeah, I think the Disney touch went to Cinderella and I think the music again with decades and decades of of impact, we have to recognize that uh, the music in Cinderella is timeless. So Congratulations, Naomi, for winning with Cinderella. Thank you. She did all the work. I just merely <laughs> represented. And consolations to Sam for not making it through with her three caballeros. Ah, uh, look. The boys the, will party another day. I yeah. mean, I hope not. I hope they stop partying and get a job <laughs> and, like, 
don't be so gross. I can like, definitely see a live action remake with Neil Patrick Harris as one of them. Oh, don't know. Yeah, yeah, but I want Daisy to turn up at the end. Come on. <laughs> like, Come on, you're just waiting for her to turn up and just, you know, tell the boys to go home. Yeah. yeah. Grab Donald by the ear and be like, oh, you know. If, like Sam, you with that are sassy a Caballero fan, you can tell us on our social media poll. If you're listening to this within the week of its release, there will be a poll on our Facebook page to let us know if you think I made the right choice. Uh, And if you think the Caballeros did and the majority of you do, then they have a chance to go through as a wild card to the second round. There is only one more debate to be released after this one and then we are into our second round debates and we get into the really tough choices of this podcast. So you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram or you can find us online at thatsnotcanon.com forward slash Disney vs. Disney. Thank you again, Sam. Thank you very much. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you. And keep listening to Disney, everyone. We'll be back same time next week. So what should I listen to now? We are Castology. This is our podcast about podcasts. We are your castologists, Patrick Shearer, Liz Best, and Zancy Weber. Each week, we'll bring you three of the best and sometimes not so best podcasts around. We'll also do the hard work and trawl the RSS feeds to find the newest podcast that should be on your radar. And then next week, we come back and tell you what we thought of the recommendations and bring three new sparkling podcasts to check out. Now, will we always agree with each other's picks? Probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know that's how reviews work. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcatcher of your choice. A That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Supervalue now have more online slots than ever before. Shop now at supervalue.ie. Collect your weekly shop with our contactless collection service. At Supervalue, we're there for you. At Accounting Technicians Ireland, we believe it's never too late to study for a professional qualification. Whether you're working in a finance role and want to upskill, or looking to return to the workplace after time away, at ATI you can study online, full-time or part-time, when and where suits you. To find out more and register for our diploma courses starting this September, visit accountingtechniciansireland.ie. Start your journey with ATI.